Um, this morning, I, I, I kind of want to continue from where we um, were last week. Last week, I brought a message entitled, A Cry for Blessing. This morning, I want to bring a message entitled, What Have You Done with the Blessing? So, um, yeah, last week, we looked at A Cry for Blessing, and we were reminded of the importance of having God's blessing upon our lives, his divine presence and favor upon our lives. How many of us want the blessing of God on our lives? Amen? Amen. Right? That ought to be our heart cry, right? 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 But we heard a warning not to be like Esau, who missed out on the blessing that should have been his. But rather, we need to make sure we're living our lives in such a way that we might truly live under um, the blessing of God at all times. And how many of us know that, that God wants to bring blessing into our lives? Amen. He wants to bring his divine favor and presence to us. But the question we want to answer this morning is, well, what do we do with the blessings that God brings into our lives? Or what have we done with his blessings? Because, you see, it's so easy for us to begin to rejoice in the blessings of God. And God's been so good to me. And we get so caught up in the blessings of God. And, and we begin to focus on the blessings. Look what I have and look what I've received and so forth. But if we're not careful, we get so caught up in the blessings that our hearts begin to turn away from the one from whom all blessings flow. And we begin to turn away from the needs of those around us within the kingdom, within the world. And instead, we become focused on our own well-being to the point that we, we, we misuse the blessings of God and we just kind of go through life saying, God, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed. So this morning, again, right? what do we do with the blessings of God? And today we're going to look at the story of Hannah, a story that may be familiar to many of you, but we find there a beautiful example of what we're to do with the blessings that God brings into our lives. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, we're not going to read the whole story, but let me just review part of it for you. Um, right, We find that Hannah was one of two wives. Right now, that's really not God's intent for our lives to have more than one spouse. Okay, So don't anybody out there get the wrong idea, okay? <laughs> But it's the way it was for this man, Elkanah. He had two wives. She was one of those two wives. And, and we, we find that she was the one who was loved more by her husband. Now, that probably caused some problems in the home, right? But the problem for Hannah was that Hannah had no children. And as you go through her story, you find that she has no children. So she turns to the Lord in prayer, asking for a child, making a vow to God, should he bless her. You see, as we begin Hannah's story, we find that she was a woman who was filled with pain. She knew what it meant to have one of the most basic hopes and dreams of life stolen from her. She knew what it meant to be looked down upon and be rejected. She knew what it meant to feel as if you're a great disappointment to others. I think many of us at times in our lives have felt like Hannah did. But worst of all, she must have felt like the hand of God had been removed from her life. She must have felt as if God's favor had left her. For after all, for her, a child was a sign of God's blessing. To not have a child meant, at least in her mind, that she had lost in some way or was missing out in some way on the blessing of God. 
We find that in the midst of her difficulties and pain, she cries out to God for blessing, in this case, the blessing of a child. As we spoke about last week, more than anything else, she was asking for God to step into her life and show her his favors. It wasn't just about a child, but it was about knowing that the favor of God was upon her life. And so she cries out to him, asking for his blessing, in this case, a blessing that would come through the birth of a child. Well, as the story of Hannah continues, we find that Hannah does get pregnant and subsequently gives birth to a baby boy. His name is Samuel. And the, the Lord, you see, brings her into her life the blessing that she had cried out for, the blessing she desired, the blessing she had do- so desperately prayed for. But there's something very interesting that then takes place within her story. I want you to look with me at 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning with verse 21. And we read there that when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. And after she after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. May God bless his word to us this morning. You see, here's the thing, church. We would think that we would read of how after after Samuel was born, that how Hannah cared for her son, not only as an infant, but maybe through his school age years and on into young adulthood until it was time for him to move out of the house. We, We think. We would have read about how Hannah cherished her son and spent every waking moment watching over him and doing what needed to be done for him. In fact, if you think about it, I hate to say this because I don't want to offend anybody, but most children who come along like Samuel did, if the parents aren't careful, that child ends up becoming, well, kind of spoiled, right? Because of the overindulgence of well-meaning parents who are excited about their child. And we would think that such would be the case with Hannah and her son Samuel, but such was not the case with Hannah. What we read instead is of how Hannah, she takes her precious child at about the age of three. She takes him to the tabernacle, presents him to the priest Levi, that that Samuel would now be in the Lord's service for the rest of his life. And except for a once per year visit, Hannah doesn't see her son. For Again, she's given him over to the work of the Lord. She has handed her blessing back to God. And handed her son, her blessing, over to service of God's people. You see, now let me say this. This morning's message is not meant to tell us to abandon our children on the pastor's doorstep, okay? 
please, okay? I've kind of raised my kids at this point. I don't need to start over, okay? But it is a message that's meant to challenge us in our concept of blessing and to speak to us regarding what it is we do with the blessings that God brings into our lives. For I believe that each of us, Each of us who know Christ in some way have had blessings brought into our lives by the hand of God, blessings tangible and non-tangible. But again, the question is, what have we done with those blessings? And as we look at the story of Hannah, we learn much about the blessings of God and how it is we ought to handle those that he brings into our lives. And so let me share a few points with us this morning. The first thing is this. As I look at Hannah, I find that Hannah recognized that her blessing had come from the Lord. Verse 27, she says, I prayed and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. In other words, Hannah knew that the birth of her son was not just nature at work. He was not just the result of the right timing. But rather, she knew that that this boy, Samuel, was a blessing that had come directly from the hand of God. You see, again, in Hannah's day and in, in her culture, children were seen as a sign of God's blessing upon a woman and her household. And thus, a barren womb carried with it a great stigma. It was thought of as a sign of sin in that woman's life. And I hate to say it, but the blame was always put on the woman, never on the man. Add to that the personal disappointment of a woman who marries and who has dreams of having her own children to raise and to nurture. But not only that, in Hannah's case, we read of her husband's other wife, Penina, excuse me, Penina, not only had children of her own, but would continually taunt Hannah, bringing her to tears, causing her such pain that she couldn't even eat. And so what does Hannah do? Does she fight back with Penina? Does she become angry and bitter at her husband? Does she begin to act out and withdraw? No, you know what Hannah does? You read her story. She turns to the Lord. She goes to the Lord in prayer. She brings all her pain to God, asking of him, looking to him for the blessing that she needs. And I point that out because We have to ask ourselves, when we find ourselves in pain, when we find ourselves filled with hurt and disappointment, is the temptation for us to begin to vent on others, to take revenge, to begin to blame others. You see, so many people become angry and bitter and, 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 and take it out on the people around them. But you see, Hannah took it to the Lord in prayer. She didn't fight back. She didn't blame others. She didn't become bitter and angry about the blow that life had had dealt her. But she went to the Lord, asking of him, seeking of him. Oh, I think about that hymn that we sing sometimes. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what needless pain we carry Oh, what needless shame we bear, all because we do not carry everything to the Lord in prayer. I want to just say this morning, if you find yourself in pain, you find you've been hurt, somehow life has dealt you a hard blow, maybe somebody's trespassed against you, take it to the Lord in prayer. Look first to him. Cry out to him. Well, we find that, yeah, the blessing did come, and 
and, and the thing is that, yeah, eventually Hannah's prayers were answered. She gives birth to the son. But again, she recognized that this boy, this son, came about in her life not because of nature itself or, again, the right timing, but she knew that God had intervened, that God had brought blessing. And thus Hannah named her son Samuel, which from the Hebrew means the Lord hears. And by doing so, she created a constant reminder of how it was that she had received the blessing of this child. Um, and, and so she named her son in a, in a way that, 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 that she would never take for granted that this great blessing of a son had come directly from the hand of God. And Hannah made sure that she responded appropriately to God by giving him thanks and sacrificing and worshiping. Listen, church, it's so easy for us to take the blessings of God that he brings into our lives to take them for granted, is it not? We too easily become like the nine lepers whom Jesus healed, and yet who, in the midst of their excitement of the healing, they failed to ever come back to him and thank him rather than being like the one who did come back and give thanks to Jesus. Too often, we might say, we become like little children who've been waiting and wanting and hoping for, for Christmas Day. You know what it's like if you've had children in your home, and by, you know they're, they're so excited for those presents and so forth, but so many times by the end of the day, there's hardly any gratitude for all they've received. The gifts are just kind of laying around, and life has gone back to normal, and they don't realize all that their parents went through to bless them. But too often we take the blessings of God in our lives for granted and we no longer appreciate what God has done for us. So can you take a moment this morning? Can you think of the blessings God has brought into your life? When, when was the last time that you recognized that they came from his hand? Not just because you work so hard and not just because you're so smart or so, 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 so good or whatever it is. When was the last time you truly gave him thanks for what you have in your hand? You know, some of you know the old song, count your many blessings. Maybe it's time for us to count and recount the blessings of God in our lives. And I'm reminded this morning, listen, there's no such thing as a self-made man. Because you know what the Bible says, James 1.17, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Listen, some might say, well, you know, those people don't know God. They have blessings in their life. You know, Jesus says, listen, the rain comes down on the just and the unjust, right? God, that's the kind of God we have, right? Every good gift we have comes from the Father above. And church, we just we need to remember from whence our blessings have come and make sure we we we, we keep our eyes on the one from whom all blessings flow. Hannah recognized her blessing had come from the Lord. Secondly, we find that Hannah dedicated her blessing back to the Lord. In verse 28, she says, so now I give him to the Lord. Oh, to think that Hannah would take the very thing she had wept for and prayed for for so long and hand it back over to God. To think that Hannah would dedicate her little boy, her blessing from God, back to God. What an incredible act of sacrifice of faith and worship. How could she do that, we might ask? I mean, I don't know if I could do that with my little boy. Well, now he's a big boy, you know. But you see, I believe Hannah realized a great principle of Scripture. And the principle is this, that God blesses us that we might be a blessing. 
For Hannah understood that her son was not given to her just for her own enjoyment, her own sense of self-worth, her own pleasure, but he was created and born that he might fulfill, first of all, the purposes that God had in mind. And Hannah had, had been blessed that, that, that she, through her son, might return blessing back to the nation and to the kingdom of God. And what a blessing Samuel became as he became not just Samuel the little boy, but Samuel the prophet. Oh, I think of God's words of blessing over Abraham from Genesis 12 too, where God says to Abraham, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. Oh, hallelujah, I'm going to be blessed. No, he said, so that you will be a blessing. Not for yourself, not that you can go around, oh, you know, we're like such a great nation, great people. You see, God was pronouncing incredible blessing over Abraham's life, but to what end? That he might be a blessing to the nations, a blessing to all peoples. Abraham was blessed that he and his descendants might be a blessing. You know, the apostle Paul wrote these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Listen to what he says. Who comforts us in all our affliction. How many of us know that the comfort of God can be a blessing in our lives? Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about taking the blessing of comfort that God had brought into his life and using that blessing to bring comfort into the lives of others. Paul understood the principle of which we're speaking today. Again, let me ask you, what blessings has God given to you? What blessings has he brought into your life? Why has, you ble- has he blessed you in the way that he has? Could it be that the blessing of, you com- that the blessing of comfort that you received as you went through that, 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 that deep, dark valley called the valley of the shadow of death, could it be that God comforted you that now you might comfort someone else? Could it be that the house that you live in was intended not just so you and your family can have have a roof over your head and enjoy your life there, but it could be that God has given you that home that you might be a blessing to to family, to friends, to 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 brothers and sisters in Christ, to some family in need. Could it be that God has blessed you with that vehicle that you might pick up some kids for maybe a, a Wednesday night program or to get them to youth or maybe that elderly person who needs a ride to the doctor? Could it be that God has blessed you with an education that he might give you a place of influence for the sake of Christ and his kingdom? Could it be that you've experienced the compassion of Christ in your life that you might show compassion to others? Could it be that, that, that God has given you the money, the income that you have in your hand that you might help some missionary get off to the field or that you might support the work of God locally? Why has God blessed you? Because you're better than everyone else? Because you're more deserving? Or does he have some intention for your life, for my life, a blessing that he wants to bring through us into someone else's life? Are we willing to say to the Lord, God, here is the blessing you've given to me. Lord, I give it back to you. I give it to you to fulfill your purposes, to live out your plans, to meet the needs of your kingdom, the needs of of those around me to, to... to be used for the purposes of your heart. What have you done with the blessings God has placed in your life? Hannah took her blessings and gave them. She took her blessing and gave it right back to God. Amazing. 
the third thing that we see this morning, if we go on in the story down to chapter 2, beginning at verse 18, is that God, because of Hannah's act of, of faith and worship, God brought increased blessing into Hannah's life. He brought increased blessing into Hannah's life. Look, if you will, 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning with verse 18. And the scripture says there, that Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. And each year his mother made him a little robe and, 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 and took it to him when she, excuse me, when she went up with her husband to, to offer the annual sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. And they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? But you see, there's a wonderful biblical principle at work here in the life of Hannah, and that is this. God brings increased blessing into the lives who will be a blessing. God brings increased blessing into the lives of those who will be a blessing. Now, please, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching like if you put a dollar in the offering, you're going to get $10 back, you know? You give, you know, put $100 in for missions, and God's going to give you $1,000. That's not what we're preaching. But there is a principle here that God brings increased blessing into the lives who will be a blessing. And so Hannah, the woman who could have no children, ends up having three more sons and two daughters. For notice, Eli had prayed for such to be the case that, 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 that children might take the place of the one that she had given over to the Lord. But you see, here's the thing. God, God does not continue to bless people who are stingy with him. Do you know that? Come on, church, right? He does not continue to bless those who cling to the blessing, but he blesses those who are generous towards him and towards others. Jesus said in Luke 6, he says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He goes on to say, each man should, should, should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, not, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, the pastor or the preacher shouldn't have to twist your arm to give to God. We shouldn't have to make some big emotional plea, but we should know ahead of time what we're going to give to the work of God. He goes on to saying, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He goes on to say, now he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, rich in every way so you can have more, so you can kind of kind of, kind of show off a little bit bit rich in every way so you can be a little more comfortable no rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to god 
One person wrote these words, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Ooh, some of us don't like that, huh? God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Many of you know the story, the parable Jesus told. We call it the parable of the talents and, and how, how, how the master gave different amounts of, of money, we'll say, to different ones of his servants. And he looks to see what they did. When he returns, he wants to see what they did with what he put in their hands. And those who did well, we won't go through the whole story, but those who did well, he says this, well done, good and faithful servant. A lot of times we stop there. But he goes on. You have been faithful with a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. You see, church, it's one thing to receive blessing from the Lord. It's another thing to be entrusted with continued blessing. And the Lord will test us, I believe, with small blessings to see whether or not we will be faithful, to see whether or not, as Jesus said, he can entrust us with much. God is looking to see whom he can entrust with increased blessing, increased talents, increased leadership, increased material wealth, or whatever it might be. And may I say this morning that when we talk about giving, and we're not going to dive too deeply into this, but, but when we speak about giving, the starting point is always the tithe. I think our church treasurer just said amen, right? (laughs) Listen, I think we have a lot of Christians in the church that are struggling and so forth, and they're not experiencing the blessing of God like they could. Why? Because they're withholding from God that which belongs to him. I heard the comedian, Christian comedian Michael Jr. recently say, or I saw his video, I heard it recently, right? Listen, when you don't give the tithe, when you don't bring the tithe to the Lord, not that you're not giving, you're robbing. The Bible says you're robbing God. The tithe of 10% of what God has brought into our lives, taking a piece of the blessing that he's brought into our lives and giving that piece, that's the starting point. I have to ask us, can God trust us? Can he trust you? Can he trust me with increased blessing? Has God found you to be faithful with that which, which he's already put into your hands. See, Hannah is an example of a woman who understood the principles of blessing. And I ask Luciano to come. The worship team can come. But Hannah is an example of a woman who understood the principles of blessing. She knew where her blessings have come from, and she knew what she needed to do with them. Let me ask you this morning, you know, what has God blessed you with? And then what Have you done with those blessings? Can God entrust you with greater blessing? I was just kind of thinking over my own own life. You know, some people think, oh, you know, oh, you become a pastor because you, you know, well, one day you woke up and said, I'm just going to go to Bible school and I want to be a pastor. Can I tell you, I mean, I never really wanted to be a pastor, okay? (laughs) But you know where it started? I, I was just thinking about that this morning. You know, a little kind of brought it back to my mind. It started when I was probably about 16 years old, teaching as an assistant, you know, a junior boy Sunday school class. Right? Boys 9, 10, 11 years old, oh boy, they could be a lot of fun, you know? I thought back, you know what? That's kind of like where my ministry began. 
And I think God was testing me. He was testing me. Would I be faithful to those boys in that class, or would I just kind of shirk it off and say, oh, I got other things to do. I'm a 16-year-old guy. I'm, I'm, I got too many other things to do. What have you done with the blessings God has brought into your life? Or in the Bible, the Bi- in the end, the Bible shows us that we don't own anything. We're just stewards. Stewards of what God has entrusted into our hands. Next week, we begin our missions week. It's going to be a great time, right? Right? A week of missionaries coming through. You're going to get prayer, um, a prayer bulletin to have in your hand. And each day, those of you who are on our email list, a, a video, a little video clip that you can pray for our missionaries from that part of the world. But as we come to our missions week, I want to encourage and challenge us as a church to consider the great blessings that God has brought into our lives. The opportunity, think of it, the opportunity to hear the gospel and then to be saved, to experience the life-changing power of, of Christ in our at work in our lives, even the tangible and material blessings that God has placed in our lives. And then I ask, how can we use the blessings we've received to be a blessing to the world at large? What might we do with the blessings that God has placed into our lives that we might be a blessing to the nations and reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so I ask you today, what have you done with the blessings that God has given to you? Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we look to you this morning. And we thank you, first of all, for the many blessings that you've placed into our lives. We thank you this morning, first of all, for the blessing of forgiveness and redemption and salvation and new hearts and new lives and just changed lives and freedom and all that you've brought to us. And then we thank you this morning for the blessing of spouses and children. Or we thank you for the blessing of jobs and income. We thank you for the blessing of, 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 of houses and food on our table or places to live. Whatever it is, we count our blessings this morning and we know, Jesus, we know, Father God, that it's all come from you. And we are just stewards, oh God. And that which you've placed into our lives, that which you've placed into our hands, you are asking us, you are looking to us to use that we might be a blessing to the nations, a blessing to your kingdom, even a blessing to your own heart that, the, that your purposes will be fulfilled. And so God, today we dedicate ourselves to you this morning and pray even as we would go into our missions week next Sunday, that you would show us what you would have us to do to propel the, the work of God, the gospel of Christ to the nations of our world. Show us, God. We thank you, Lord, even as we dedicate ourselves to you this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This morning, it just it spoke about, and you can just continue to pray, but... You spoke about the, the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of, 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 um, of salvation, 
all that Jesus has come to do for us. Listen, that's the starting point. That's where God wants to start to bring blessing into your life as, as you put your faith in Jesus. And if you've not yet taken that step to say, Jesus, I give myself to following you. I put my faith in you as Lord and Savior of my life. Then today I encourage you to begin to pray and say, Jesus, I need you. I give my life to you and then allow the blessings of God to be poured into your life. God will, will fulfill every promise he's made.